Hey y'all, you're listening to Big Facts No Cap with Paul and Adrian, the only podcast that's number one with film franchises and Phil's damn vices. Let's get into this episode. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. Buddy, I don't know what you want from me. I'm doing a podcast right now. It's more important. It's literally not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing with a little kitty cat? Yeah. Well, she's all just all of a sudden decided to get playful. Earlier, she was just napping away. Now she's yapping away. And then he takes a sassy sip of wine. You know, it is fun how the different alcohols we drink while recording this podcast really change the vibe of the show. Like, when I have a whiskey, you know I'm yeah. getting MRA immediately. Oh, yeah. I like how, um, I think this might have been the first time I've ever seen this, but I got an ad for a uh, casino yesterday uh, where the woman was drinking a beer at dinner and the man was drinking a glass of wine. And I've literally never seen that in a commercial, like... Every time there's like a sports bar commercial, I think there's a really popular one right now where she's drinking beer alone and it's showing the progression of her life. And as soon as she becomes a mom and she's there with her husband and kid, she starts drinking wine instead of he's <laughs> the one drinking beer. It's like, are they just trying to show more products off or is it no, like- No, no, no. He took the beer from her. Norms? There's actually a really interesting story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She would always order the beer and he would steal it from her. She was like, all right, I'll get the white wine. I know he won't steal that. Yeah. If she ordered a second beer, he would he would be double-fisted. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, right now, Paul and I are a, a TV commercial couple at a sports bar right now. He's got a glass of wine, and I've got a, 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 a manly beer. Oh, there's a red carpel on the, uh, on the uh, birdhouse that my neighbors put up outside my window. I love that birdhouse, man. It, I'd spend like 90% of my working hours from working at home just looking at birds now. Hey, you're probably an old man, but you should get the one that has the camera inside so you can get pictures of, of all the visitors. My uh, my productivity has uh, really plummeted since uh, I moved here, and my office is now within eyesight of my neighbor's birdhouse. Your birding skills are getting better, though. A red cardinal? Speaking of nerds coming at you with that bullshit, we got him. We got him, boys. We got Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is big news for you. This is big news for me. I hope I never have to see that smug bastard's face again. I don't think he's capital C canceled for this one. (sighs) Yeah, I know. I brought it up yesterday at dinner and somebody said, ah, I saw it. It didn't seem that bad. I was like, no, it was. And we hate him. We all hate him now. I mean, it did seem pretty, I don't know, bitch made, I think is maybe the best uh, term. It was incredibly bitch made and it definitely implied that he's a nuisance and unfun person to be around it likely kind of a mean-spirited and difficult person to tolerate but how does the uh how does the victory taste it's not a victory man i just feel bad for all the women he's hurt oh wow okay cool yeah that's a cool way to take it as you're gleefully smiling (laughs) dude fuck jonah hill i always knew he was a bitch i always knew he was bitch made i was just waiting for it to happen all i'm saying is i'm batting two for two on this like hating shia labeouf before it came out that he was abusive. Mm. 
and hating Jonah Hill before it came out that he was abusive. All I'm saying is, if I hate somebody, I think we should all just trust my instincts at this point. So, hashtag cancel Hassan Minaj prematurely? Yeah, I think that might actually be it. We, Y'all, we gotta watch out. Hassan Minaj might be abusive if uh, statistics are anything to be believed. Correlation mm. co- versus causation sort of thing. Oh, is me hating them causing them to be abusive? Should I start liking people? <laughs> it would be cool to know you had that superpower. Um, no, Hassan Minaj does seem like he's probably genuinely a nice person. I just find him incredibly grating. I think you think that he's dumb, that, he, that he's a bad person. So yeah. is the gotcha there that we find out that like he faked his SAT scores? Well, my mama said, if you ain't got anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I'm being too nasty on this pod. Except for Let's that bring- piece of shit binging with Babish. <laughs> no, binging with Babish is almost certainly a really nice person. Right? I don't know. Ask his ex-wife. He has an ex-wife? I didn't know this about him. You're really deep on the lore. Yeah, he's mentioned it before. But he's like, when he's cooking a meal and he's like, oh, I could never make this with my bitch of an ex-wife. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She fucking hated it when I took the time to properly caramelize the onions. She was like, no, nah, just turn up the heat. And I was like, what, are you kidding me? Then it doesn't get caramelized. They just get brown. It's different. So much celeb gossip on this show. I mean, that's, male celebrities. that's mainly the concept of this show. No cap. Yeah, our parents invested money very differently. <laughs> we had TiVo for like a year before we ended up getting DVR, which I think was the much more modern replacement that we had during our time. I never had any of that, man. You didn't get to record every episode of Scrubs on TBS when they played four episodes every day so you could watch it after school? No, I just had to watch TV like an addict, so I never missed anything. You didn't get to have it set to record every episode of Friends that came on TBS, so you had also eight episodes of that to watch every day, and then also you had it set where you could do priority on which automated ones it does over other ones, and since your parents don't know technology, they don't know how to set their telenovelas higher than your South Park one, and so your mom consistently gets mad at you because your South Park's being taped over her telenovela. (laughs) (laughs) Well, telenovelas are an hour long. South Park is 30 minutes. That's just, uh, that's just efficiency to tape Exactly. I'm taking up less space. Mm. This is a very, um, you know, I don't want to like overstate how interesting the time we grew up in was, but we, we were in a weird middle period where like, I didn't have to find. So like, one of the things I remember recording, and I only got because I saw it late one night on the sci fi channel. And it was the next to last episode of the first season of Mobile Suit Gundam Double O. And I liked it a lot. So I started recording every episode and they played two episodes every night, watched the full second season. And then they stopped playing it because they just did the one run. And so for the longest time, the only way I was able to watch that show was to watch the recordings that I kept on my uh, DVR. And I didn't see the first season until like years later. Damn. And then I was like, oh, that's that guy? <laughs> Which is kind of, I mean, I know we still have to do Media Roundup and all that, but that almost seems like a great transition into uh, our theme of sequels and prequels. and yeah, yeah. Well, let's run it back for a second, and then we'll go we'll go around. You, you almost created your own prequel by just not watching the first season until later. You're like, oh my god, that's mm-hmm. that character's origin story? Do you want to uh, do your experiential roundup? I don't know if I have an experiential roundup, so I'll do a media roundup, uh, which is just to copy your media roundup from two weeks ago, which is I watched Across the Spider-Verse. And- oh, yeah. 
that's getting a thumbs up from Paul, a should watch. I thought it was better than the first one. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great romp through space mm. and time. Actually, it was at three time, but three universes. Travel, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I never... There was it. Yeah, there was time. It, it didn't take place in a single second. <laughs> <laughs> Even a single second it has multiple milliseconds. Dumbass. Those are arbitrary divisions, mate. <laughs> I was about to argue. I don't think. What the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I was. Saying, I should have just said moment, maybe instead of second. But I don't know. This was kind of like when you came at me for what was that hyperbolic thing I said uh, at the beginning of the podcast. Remember when you tried to attack me? Remember when you tried to attack me? Paul, it's not me attacking you to tell you that I have boundaries around how much I'm going to let you lie about things when you joke about them. Lie? Yeah. What is hyperbole besides stretching the truth? Oh, also, I guess I'm just slower at media than you, but I also finished The Bear, and I thought it was a real, uh... It was a real sketch show, you know? It was, like, real hit and miss. Mm. I thought some episodes were a lot better than others. And I thought you yep, could, like, agree. honestly really easily tell which ones were going to be good versus bad based on the director. Like, Rami Yusuf's episode? Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chef. Yes, Chef. Uh, it did... Not too much, but it did start doing that sort of, like, NBC sitcom thing towards the end. A little bit where it got a little to feel good in a way where it was like it was trying to be heartwarming as a mm. way to just make people feel like there was character growth like and it worked there was legitimately moments that were really well done heartwarming moments that i was like wow i actually feel like really moved by this character but then i was mm. like would the character really have done that based on how they wrote them in the first season it feels like such a cop-out strategy to just make it like yeah. This loser character is now doing the perfect thing, and he's good at everything in a big sh- Like, you know, it's like, I guess some people do grow, but do a lot of 40-year-olds really become that responsible over the span of a month? I don't know. I didn't like the consequence of that, but I did enjoy that episode that you're referring to a lot. Yeah. Well, also the consequence of it, it continues it in that, like, it's like, oh, he really... It, all it took was a week's experience, and now he's a whole different person who's so much more responsible and put together and, like, capable mm-hmm. than he was the last season. Like, who has that much growth at age 40? Like, it just it didn't feel real. It felt like an excuse to pull at my heartstrings because they know that the older audience loves that type of thing. <laughs> you know, I think it was Lennon who said that some people grow 40 years in a week, and sometimes a week a man grows 40 years. Wait, what? <laughs> And sometimes in 40 years, a man only grows by a week. That's, That's the true. whole quote, with the confused part in the middle. I, I also... D- <laughs> man, Lennon was so smart, but honestly, he kind of double-dipped on that quote, because I don't know if you know this, Adrian. He said something similar about history in decades. Not history? Cancelled. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes decades of history happens in a week. <laughs> And sometimes in a whole decade, oh, only a week of history happens. <laughs> uh, was that it for media roundup? Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really double dipping on your stuff that you've already brought in. Oh yeah, you did deed on me. Um, sweet. Okay, I had just a couple of things. Um, I watched. Uh, oh wait, let's do it. Do you want to do experiential roundup first? 
Sure. What What are you doing? So I went to the coffee shop over next to uh, Pierce and Nicole's place uh, today, and it had one of the worst um, small business covered in handwritten notes that are passive aggressive and then are signed by management cases i've ever seen at a business before like yeah like i i got there and immediately i was like is there an instruction booklet just like all over this panel of glass in between me and the worker like what the fuck is going on here what what were the instructions because i've i've seen cafes that do the whole like you know or don't you know you can't sit here like uh i always hate it when they do the like don't sit here with your laptop for more than two hours and it's like what a weird bitchy thing to include like uh, is yeah. a one out of 50 people who's rude enough to do that and not order a second drink really worth making everybody else have to read that and think, like, that's just kind of trashy to have that sign up? Like, I don't know. That's, like, that's exactly how I feel about it. There were at least two different signs that mentioned that prices went up because of COVID. There was one sign that said, uh, if you order a water, we're going to charge you 50 cents. The water is free, but the cup isn't free unless you do a for here cup, in which case it's free. And I was like, just let someone mention that when someone asks for it to go wrong, that they do have to charge you 50 cents. Making all of us read that makes the place so much trashier for no reason. Just like, what is it? The people who are rude enough to just ask for free waters who are destroying your business because so many people are getting free waters. Like, is that important enough that making your place just generally unenjoyable to be in? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's it was so also, frustrating. It was, it was bookended, too, because, like, the front door had, like, you know, and I guess this one's a little bit more typical. It's more typical of, like, a place in San Francisco, though, not in, like, the suburbs of Sacramento. But it did start off with a bathrooms only for customers. Uh, and then the back door, you could see, uh, had, like, an employee handwritten note that was, like, make sure you clock out for breaks and, and out of your shift or whatever. It's your responsibility to make sure that you clock out correctly or whatever. And I was like, you're like, I'm a customer. I can see this. And it just makes me feel like the management here fucking sucks. Almost certainly. You're right about that. It sounds like the type of place was an incredibly like, I don't know, anal retentive Redditor as their manager. Yeah. I mean, it it makes me appreciate when I worked at Trader Joe's, there was an explicit no written sign policy, like anything that needed to be communicated to the customer. It was expected for you to do it verbally. Um I don't know. It just well, is, is it, it just shows a mindset of somebody who's so worried that somebody will get one over on them that they're going to generally make their life and everybody else's more miserable because they're so frustrated and annoyed by the idea that may like you know that maybe somebody will get something they don't deserve like a water or a bathroom. Yeah. Use. and it's like I don't know what a nasty world to live in that to just sit around always being worried that somebody will get something that they don't deserve from you like calm down be be generous be empathetic like back off a little bit or to go cup budgets killing us <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like there's no way that was actually a problem for them in the suburbs of sacramento they're just deciding to be weird little fascists about it yeah um, okay, and then I had three things for me to round up. I watched Julio Torres's My Favorite Shapes. Uh, very good if you're into absurdist comedy. It's not even really stand-up. He sits down for most of it. He kind of has a Bill Cosby vibe. I'm just kidding. That's not a good way to describe it. <laughs> um, but it, it's very good. If you like absurdist comedy, it's um, it's really fun. And I started watching his show yet, but I haven't watched enough of it to really bring it in as a, as a suggestion or not. Um, and then I also watched uh, Boots Riley's new show, I'm a Virgo, which was... 
surprising. I, I went in not knowing what the premise was. So I was like from the beginning, like just kind of intrigued about like, what, what the fuck is this about? Um, there are a couple of uh, very heavy handed explanations about capitalism and like the yeah, theory of violence. Yeah. Well, no, like it's really like handholdy, like comes with images. Like that's, anyways, yeah, it's Boots yeah, Riley. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but it, it's an interesting show. It, I didn't know it was going to be a superhero show, uh, but it was far enough away from being like a Marvel thing that I was perfectly fine with that. And it's seven episodes. So, you know, it's worth the watch. Uh, and then lastly, um, I had the uh, displeasure of seeing randomly on Spotify that I missed an album from one of my favorite artists that came out like back in November. Um, so I went ahead and clicked on that and gave it a little playthrough. And uh, it's Joe Van's Thoughts slash Daydreams. And maybe the reason I missed it or why it wasn't plugged to me is that it's just an instrumental album. Uh, but it's really nice. It's more of like on the acoustic guitar piano side. It's not like an electronic or like hip hop style instrumental album, but very peaceful. Uh, I would highly recommend it. There's a lot of motifs in it. It's like it's not meant to be like super varied in each song. Um, and uh, the first song was killing me because I was playing it while getting some work done. And uh, part of the atmosphere of it is there are like little birds chirping in the background. And the cat just went ballistic immediately when she heard the bird chirp, where it like went straight into killer mode, going to the window, being like, where's that motherfucker? <laughs> uh, so that tickled me a little bit. But yeah, the album's definitely worth a listen. And it's very easy to listen to and very short. So I'd recommend it. Cool. So that's it for me. Paul, do you want to get into the theme? Yes, Adrian. I would like that. All right. Sequels. 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 Squeakwolves. Squeakwolves. What do you want to say about this? What's on your mind? Name a sequel that you like more than the original. Paddington 2. Good answer. Hey, Family Feud. Good answer. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that's also a good answer. Well, thank you. The Chronicles of Narnia, A Boy and His Horse. Really interesting answer. I don't think that's a good answer. I'm going to give you the Family Feud. Ah! Oh, so you like Tokyo Drift, but you don't like the equivalent book in the Narnia series. <laughs> the equivalent book in the Narnia series? Yeah, it's the third book, and it's also a book where they go away from the main characters and just go to a far-off land for uh, one book. Uh, well, there's a couple of them. The the voyage of uh the the voyage of the one where they're on a boat the whole time is also about far off land. The voyage of the Dawn Treader. Oh, that sounds right, actually. Yeah, that one I remember. Did you being read really to the cool. end of that series? Yeah, but I don't remember a lot of them. But it kind of fucked me up. In the end, that the end of the book is just Aslan swallowing the world. Yeah, also the last one, do you remember the last book? Even as a child, I was a woke child because I remember thinking, what the fuck is this shit where it's so moralizing about the one girl liking makeup? Do you remember the last book where they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we all get to go to heaven except for this one girl who's a slut. <laughs> She's a slut yeah. and likes makeup, so she, she likes boys and makeup, so she doesn't get to go to heaven. Fuck her. I mean, was it a representation of being too into the material world or something like that? Yes. Was it a bad choice of things? Yes. <laughs> to make it a woman who likes makeup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's too uppity. She's too uppity. 
Um, uh, yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, I think it, I don't think it traumatized me as a kid, but it did like freak me out a little bit as a kid that it was just like, and then Aslan swallows the sky, he swallows the stars, and he swallows the earth. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't even remember that's an accurate depiction of what the ending was. I don't, I feel like I, I don't actually remember that at all. I really remember, I remember the other part of the last book where they're like in a dark room and it's like some people see the food as a delicious feast and some people see mm. it as like, nasty food i was like that's this is weird there was a lot of weird stuff going on i was on like there. i wonder what's going on with this because it couldn't be a metaphor for anything yeah that's how i read most of the book because i was like <laughs> it's interesting what's going on here because it couldn't be a metaphor for anything <laughs> certainly this couldn't possibly be a metaphor <laughs> this has one meaning and the meaning um, mainly is that turkish delight is a delicious snack and it's not which is you know bad message from that book i think you've probably just had gross american turkish delight that might be true. Do you have the Do you have the plug for good Turkish delight? Yeah, you want to mainly go with rose flavored. Is one of the things. I just don't like that had. it calls itself Turkish delight. It kind of insists upon itself to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, I also definitely read those books incorrectly because I didn't read them in the order they were published. The big, ver- like I got one with all of them in a single paper cover book. And they were in order of the world chronologically, which is not how he wrote them. And I, I, after I learned that when I got older, I was like, that's so stupid that this book made me read like the origin story before like the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is the first one he wrote, which is obviously the first one you should read. But it wasn't the first one that he published, right? I thought it was. I thought he published the lamppost first. I don't know. Anyways, I get what you're talking about. I can see that being annoying. Another uh, thing that goes with sequels is prequels. Yeah. And one and a half quills. <laughs> Famously. Some of the best Famously. are one and a half quills. Yeah. I feel like this is relevant since you mentioned Across the Spider-Verse again. But uh, when I was talking to Phil about it, he was like, for me, a good sequel is a standalone story that comes after another standalone story. I don't want any of the movies to not be complete in and of itself, which I think is an interesting take that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think that's like us. I think that's, that would certainly disqualify most of the inherently bad sequels. Yeah. From existing. But but then I was like, but so you don't, you wouldn't like Lord of the Rings just conceptually. Yeah. I think you can find holes in that argument. There are some sequels that have the same characters and are continuing the story that do work. Yeah, that is achieves like an overall narrative or whatever. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, any uh what else is what, there? What else like is there? I mean, I don't know. I never watched this movie, maybe it's good. But like when I think of a cash in sequel, I think maybe like something like Monsters University comes to mind, which is just like such a like Let's take the same characters and, like, just put them in a different setting and basically tell the same story. It, 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 it's it's dress work to tell the same story. And yeah. Toy Story is honestly really, uh, people love those sequels, so maybe I'm just wrong about this. But I think it's really, uh, it's really guilty of that, of kind of just telling Ooh. the same story, honestly, in very similar settings. They're not unenjoyable movies, but, like, they're not necessary movies either. And I know people love those movies, so, and especially the sequels, so maybe I just don't get it, but. It's so weird. I also have a thing where that never really connected to me, like, as a 
franchise, really, that to be honest, I was never a huge fan of Toy Story, and I can't say I've actually seen all of them. Whereas, like we were talking about earlier, a good sequel, Lion King one and a half, that's just like, that. that that's not about somebody's dad dying and somebody else having to become a king. Like, it's just kind of in that universe, but telling its own story, and it works great. It's so funny, it's enjoyable, like, I thought that movie rocked. Same thing for Lion King 2. is also good, I liked. I don't <laughs> oh, you see, it. I didn't really uh, watch that one. Oh, shit, what was I going to say about... Franchises are kind of sequels. Like, I mean, obviously Iron Man 1 and 2, but like in a way, Thor is kind of a sequel to Iron Man, you know? They're all kind of similar stories following the same arc. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some, like, technical term that denotes, like, what that is instead of being a direct sequel or whatever, but, yeah. Um, oh, what I was gonna say is, and I was never, like, that kind of kid that paid that close of attention to details, but the thing about things like Monster University and oftentimes the issue with, uh, prequels, uh, is that to make it work, you just have to directly contradict things that were said in the original movie. And I was never savvy enough to pick up on those things, but like, I'm pretty sure Monsters Inc. is one of those where like they mentioned how they met in the movie, and then they were like, nah, they were joking during that scene. <laughs> that was oh. a Mandela effect. That didn't happen. Oh, it has to do a like retcon or something. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or sometimes the most frustrating is when you have to cancel character growth, where a character already mm-hmm. learned a lesson in the previous movie. But you want them to learn the lesson again because you're generally trying to tell the same story. So you just have to, like, just kind of pretend that they didn't really learn it that well. Nah, they they still, they're, they're still on their same bullshit. It's like, nah, we watched a whole movie about how they learned to not be on that bullshit. You can't just show them fucking up in the exact same way again. The other thing that uh, is personal to my life about sequels is um, ever since uh, one of our grad students came into the grad group, uh every year she likes to throw a sequels party so the premise is that you have to dress as a character from a movie that matches your year in grad school to the movie in a franchise Mm. uh so uh you know if you're gonna if you're a fifth year grad student you have to be a a character from the fifth installment of a series um and since i am now a sixth year it has been harder and harder and i always try to do some random bullshit to try and figure out how to get uh, my giraffe costume to work so i don't have to actually put together a costume (laughs) So last year, I went as um, Melvin the Giraffe from uh, Madagascar. Yeah. Because um, there were three of those, but there were also two Broadway plays. And so I counted those and everyone was like, that doesn't count. And I was like, it counts. I don't want to make a costume. <laughs> and this year? Oh, I think I stopped going. Oh, <laughs> people stopped <laughs> inviting you. I also forgot to mention that I'm no fun at parties, Paul. <laughs> All right, I'll say one of the uh, ones where I think we have a lot less to say than a lot of our themes, but do you want to jump into an article? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Oh, wait, was there anything that you wish had a sequel but doesn't? Not to be a stereotype here, but George R. R. Martin could really get on the winds of winter. That'd be really nice. Mm, don't rush him. Let him cook. Um, I mean, take your time, of course. I want the best book you can release, man. But it would be cool if uh, if he did release it ever. How about you? No, I think I probably have more like TV shows that I wish got a couple more seasons. I don't, I can't think of any movies off the top of my head that got sequels. Yeah, TV shows really would do. I was that was the thing that was, you know, flashing before my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more like you know, canceled too soon. Whereas 
can't think of a lot of movies where yeah did they ever make any uh pendragon movies or other series that you uh were into no, haven't i talked about that how much i think it would make for a good tv show because it's so balls to the wall it's an absolutely insane book series they really somebody needs really? to tackle it yeah okay so you gotta get that percy jackson treatment it gets weird in the later books like weird weird like i don't i don't remember it 100 percent, but i remember details that i was like there's so many different like worlds that they travel to and there's so many plot twists i think the uh i think the author of the pen dragon series was kind of addicted to plot twists and they're just like Mm. the rules of the universe are so weird i would love to see somebody try to do that i don't know if it would be good but it would be compelling yeah sometimes that's all you gotta do um okay cool let's for sure get into an article we're running a little bit long Mm -hmm. okay so i am bringing in an article that is a sequel in two different ways um oh god it's gonna be an extra long half i also brought in two articles so that's (laughs) uh how i brought in the sequel thing but my article is about the sequel to type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're going to read an article about that. Uh, and then uh, due to the backlash from the answer, uh, we're going to check out the sequels from that advice column uh, and maybe give some takes about that. And uh, to be honest, it, it's, it's, it's a technical question. So it's kind of like when we write in that last, like, I guess it's also an ethical, moral question. So, you know, we can riff about it, but we don't have to uh, drone on about it. Um, all right. Dear... Oh, well, I guess to preface, uh, and this is maybe another reason why we don't need to draw on about it, is that I don't know if either of us are coming into this fully uh, prepared with the facts and knowledge at hand. Um, but Paul, have you heard about this Ozempic craze? Oh, yes. Okay, cool. I didn't know about it until uh, Tin uh, brought it to my attention. But, oh, I um, haven't made fun of it to you? No. Do you want to briefly describe it for the uh, audience? Yeah, all the celebrities are getting skinny because there's a miracle drug that makes them skinny now. And it is a diabetes drug uh, originally, but they're getting prescribed it for its weight loss effects. Uh, Also, for some weird reason, it makes you not addicted to things, which I think is very helpful for a lot of them. It really, uh, (laughs) it goes hand in hand with the fact that- Oh, I didn't know about that part. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it, uh, it makes you less likely to do habitual activities. So like even like- so things like smoking cigarettes are just less appealing to people on Ozempic on top of the uh, weight loss effects. Damn, this sounds like that thing from uh, Dewey Cox where like you're going into the bathroom and you're seeing Tim Meadows do a drug and you're like, but is it addictive? You can't get addicted to it. But what if I get a, what if I OD? You can OD on this. You don't want any part of this, Dewey. <laughs> it does seem like a miracle drug. It seems incredible. <laughs> you don't want any part of this. <laughs> I think I want a part of this. <laughs> okay, get it. Uh, okay, so this was published and updated on the same day, February 5th, 2023. Dear Annie, weight loss via medication may not be healthy. So I think this is we're bringing in Dear Annie. I think we brought her in maybe two weeks ago. She's a classic. We all love her. Dear Annie, my sister, Claire, is getting married this summer and has lost weight by getting injections of drugs for diabetes. Claire might have had a little padding, but I never thought of her as being fat. And Claire is not the only person I know who is taking these drugs for weight loss. I know several others, and they all seem to be very happy with the results. Two brands that I keep hearing about are Ozempic and Wagovi. Claire lost 10 pounds in the first few weeks of getting the shots, and she keeps losing weight every week. Her doctor gave her a prescription to Wagovi because her BMI was in the obese category, even though, as I say, to me, she did not look obese. 
Now she has dropped another 40 pounds, and she is starting to look like a skeleton. I asked my doctor about this popular new form of weight loss. Instead of talking about the drugs as a weight loss aids, as a weight loss aid, he told me that there's an epidemic of obesity in our country where more than 40% of the population is statistically obese. But I did not ask him to prescribe the drugs for me, and he did not offer to do so. According to my BMI of 20, I am in the healthy category. I enjoy exercising three or four times a week, and I don't want to be dependent on any drug. My husband has been lifting weights for many years and has lots of muscles. He has lots of muscles. <laughs> so he's many a, more than he's the regular one of those person. lots of muscles guy. <laughs> Not big muscles. He just has lots of lots muscles. Of muscles. <laughs> he keeps them in the closet mostly. I'm starting to be worried he's a serial killer, Annie. Please help. Uh, which he says weigh more than fat. Yet his BMI says he is obese, and he says I should ignore the BMI as a measurement of obesity. He says body fat percentage is a much better indicator of health and fitness. Claire is in great spirits, and I don't want to discourage her since she feels so good about her weight loss, but the whole thing scares me. The idea of taking diabetes injections to drop a few pounds? What is your advice? From without drugs. Oh, no. It's like, I don't, there's a part of, I think people feel like it's unfair because not everybody can afford it, but like, yeah, everything, like, I, I think this person isn't acknowledging that really they feel like it's unfair their sister is getting hot without having to actually work at exercising. She's uh, not hot, she looks like a skeleton. Yeah. She's spooky. She's spooky. Uh, so I think that's a lot of the, like, backlash to this stuff. But I don't know, yeah. also, like, wealthy people's kids are getting, did you know about this? It's also a trend that people are getting steroids that they don't really need. Like, they'll be on track to be a couple inches under normal height. And doctors for those kids will be like, that's enough for me to prescribe them to, like, uh, height-enhancing steroids at puberty Ooh, age. Cool. Like, okay. wealthy so people are doing answers. bullshit like this all the time. Yeah, they have a leg up in life. It, it sucks that everything is so easy for them because of their money, but I don't know. Uh, it seems like... Yeah, I don't know. People have found a cheat to losing weight. It seems like it doesn't have any bad side effects, and it helps people lose weight. I don't know what to tell you. It has yeah, maybe, no side effects, do we? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you don't get to feel inherently proud of your skinniness anymore. Now it's every, something every rich person can have. You don't think there's going to be a natural body uh, distinction that someone's going to try and bring up as a movement? Oh, okay, I'm natural body. Mm-hmm. Um... Whereas, again, even if you're rich and you have more time and ability to pay for a workout training or whatever like that, you know? Yeah, which is obviously the thing she's leaving out. Like, oh, she works out three to four times a week. But it's like, I don't know. You have the free time to do that. Like, would how would you feel if somebody – like, I don't know. Everybody has benefits and non-benefits. I think you're upset that this drug is making your sister get to lose weight in a way that you think is an unfair cheat to not have to work out like you do. Mm. maybe i'm wrong maybe she's worried about the health effects or something i don't know do you think ozempic actually made her gain weight but what she's doing is like uh she called off the wedding so she lost 150 pounds <laughs> or, or she just has a she she's uh she just has a really tidy husband <laughs> um yeah, no, I think that's all spot on. I think that all makes sense. I mean, we're going to get into some of the... Uh... Have you ever been, like... Ha I don't know, how do you pick your medications as a diabetic? Has Ozempic ever been, de like, described or brought up to you? 
no, I mean, sometimes type 1 people take type 2 medicine, but not very often. Uh, my range of things that I can get is I can get different versions of the same thing, and that's about it. Uh, I don't get drugs that like fundamentally work in different ways or use different pathways. Would you ever consider it as a way to lose drug or sorry, would you ever consider it as a way to lose weight since like it is an option and could be cheaper? I mean, if I get it prescribed. Oh, you know, I didn't know about this thing about it helps you like quit your habits. That seems kind of cool. I might try it for that. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Like, do you bite your nails too much? What are you worried about habits wise? Uh, you know, sometimes I have a couple drinks or whatever, you know. <laughs> sometimes oh. I eat a little bit too much salty food. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I've I've gotten subscribed one type 2 medication. I don't I feel like I want to get into the details of all the things that I take, but uh I actually didn't like it. One of the side effects is that it makes your tummy hurt and I was like, "All right, I don't want to do that anymore." My doctor I didn't was like, like yeah, it, that's man. fine. It tastes nasty. It tastes like medicine. It tastes like cough syrup, man. It's nasty. Yeah, that is the thing. It's all the type 2 medications. I didn't know it was an injection either. Um, but yeah, wait, what was the question? How do I feel about it? Would I take it? I guess so. I think something that's going to get brought up later in another sequel advice column uh, is that part of the issue is that it's causing a shortage for people who actually need it to like live. So oh, that's uh, definitely part of the consideration that I would uh, bring in. What are you talking about? Mindy Kaling needs it to look good for her next role. That's her life. She needs it to live. I actually wanted to ask you about that. Do you know like who's rumored to be on it or who like has I think confirmed to have been on it? Pretty much confirmed. I don't know if she's said it, but like, wow. Okay, POC Queen, go off, girl. Right around Steel the time medicine it became for people popular, who she it. lost a massive amount of weight. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sh- sure who else is on it, but yeah, it is one of those things where people do talk about who is and isn't on it online. I think I saw an article before I fully knew what the whole thing was about, um, where the it was like, are these celebrities on Ozempic? And the uh, cover picture was Post Malone. So I don't know if that was like a clickbait you, thing. Have but. you seen Post Malone lately, though? When he's talking to people, he seems like he's strung out. That guy has a fucking drug problem. Hey, come on now. He's a fun problem. That's true, too. I would hang out with Posty. I'd be like, White Iverson. Well, I was balling when I was young. I would probably call him a culture vulture at some point. <laughs> and when he offered you a Bud Light, you'd be like, "Man, it's just me and you. You don't have to do the uh, you don't have to do the play <laughs> sponsored thing. You don't have to do the sponsored <laughs> speech thing." Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this, or do you want to get into the the answers and the the sequels? Yeah. Let's hear what the uh, what the smarty pants have to say. All right, so Annie says, Dear Without Drugs, I love the way you signed your letter. You are literally doing it without drugs. And we all know that is a much healthier approach to losing weight than taking regular injections of drugs designed for coping with diabetes. Your regular exercise, and I suspect healthy eating habits, are something you can enjoy every day of your life. Imagine waking up knowing that you have to give yourself an... (laughs) Imagine waking up knowing that you have to give yourself an injection so that you can look healthy. I wouldn't want that, and I'm glad you wouldn't either. I don't know. I wake up every day knowing that I have to drink or smoke something to be happy, so. Yeah, and I wake up knowing I have to inject stuff to live. Wouldn't be that different. Uh, Do you think you can see why this answer garnered multiple update responses? Oh, is this actually what people were offended by? The idea that you need medication to be healthy? I mean, this is the answer that she laid out. Okay. Um... 
oh, that's the end of it? Yeah, I guess maybe that's the only angle I can think of of why people would be offended, or maybe, like you said, the whole, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's hear it. All right, so first update, our first sequel to this column. Dear readers, my comments, critical of people using diabetes drugs and casual weight loss for casual weight loss, generated a storm of protest from clinically obese readers who have found a solution to their lifetime struggle with weight loss. The letters touched on the subject, and so I'm going to leave some examples here. Dear Annie, I feel compelled to respond to your recent dialogue with an individual writing about their friend who's successfully losing weight with the aid of GLP-1 receptor medications like Ozempic and Wagovi. Oh, see, they know the pathways. This person must be smart. Uh, <laughs> yes, healthy eating and exercise are an important part of your lifestyle, but for those of us with a mix of genetic factors and others, find ourselves uh, 50 or even 100 pounds overweight. We are not like you. Our weight challenges are simply not a failure of exercise proper willpower. Um, I lost 50 pounds on my own through healthy choices, but then stalled and couldn't lose any more. Then I got an Ozempic. Uh, da 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 uh, This is what it feels like to be in a regular body. Uh, a body where blood sugar swings cause ravenous hunger, don't ruin our lives and ravage our bodies. Those of us who have been obese for our entire lives are just starting to feel what it's like to be in a body like yours, and we are more than a little angry that it took this long. We are angry that we've been told our issues were willpower-based or simply a failure of balancing energy in and energy out. All right, this is a little bit long, but let's see. Hold on. Um, oh, she makes the argument that they they should be allowed to take type 2 diabetic medication because if you're obese, you're on the way to type 2 diabetes anyways. Um, I don't feel one bit guilty about intervening in my obesity instead of waiting around until I'm type 2 to take it. Uh, we already face huge barriers on accessing these medications. For, in for instance, most insurance plans... Uh, Still get away with excluding coverage for obesity treatment, so we have to pay $350 to $1,350 out of pocket for a month, uh, depending on the medication. Um, okay, so that's a long answer. And then there's another one that says, oh, just that I agree with that one. I guess I could have read more of that first answer than if the second one was just that I agree with it. Oh, I guess there is a third one, too. I am a registered nurse who is administering this class of drugs to patients who suffer from obesity-related diseases and have difficulty losing weight by traditional diet and exercise alone. There are a whole host of factors for some individuals that make losing weight by traditional methods next to impossible. There are factors such as thyroid disease, PCOS, autoimmune, certain conditions, insulin resistance, genetics, etc. that make losing weight so difficult. Ignorance is never bliss. Um, and then last person says something about a Nova special called the truth about fat, which talks about the science of, uh, losing weight and the genes for obesity. Okay. So those are the Annie, you are wrong and we're scolding you. And then in response to her posting those, she got responses from people who are mad about her posting those pro take it people that she then she let other people respond to and posts about. So here we go. This is the anti. Dear Annie, I just read your change of thought on diabetic drugs being uh, marketed for weight loss. I myself have type 2 diabetes and have been prescribed Ozempic, which has worked wonders for me. I was able to maintain a healthy A1C between 5.5 and 6.5, well controlled. Uh, however, back in late September 2022, I went to refill my prescription, only to find out it was back-ordered. After some research, I discovered that the backlog was due to the manufacturer to the manufacturer not anticipating the influx of prescriptions for weight loss. Therefore, diabetics were not able to get their medication. I was horrified I could not get my, uh, my diabetic medication because it was given for a non-medical use to other people. I had to change medications quickly, and it was not as effective as it is now, and for the last six months, I've had an A1C of 10.5, which is pretty damn high. Uh, while I understand that Ozempic can be used for weight loss, it should not be taken away from diabetics who need to live a healthy lifestyle. 
and then lastly, one other person who's anti, I'm type 2 diabetic at 5 foot 6 and 160 pounds. I am not obesely overweight, and I'm very active at 60 years of age. But my A1C is still high. I was put on Ozempic, and for once, my A1C dropped to 6.0, the lowest it has ever been. Now I cannot get Ozempic. My pharmacy can get the weight loss version, but not the one medication that keeps my diabetes under control. The company apparently makes more money on the weight loss version than the other uh, type of Ozempic, so they're making more of it. Um, directly responding to one of the people from the previous sequel. Can, can I stop uh, you there, Adrian? Sounds like a lot of people here are misdirecting their anger at this question when it seems like what they're angry at is the American medical system. What it okay. seems like they're angry at is that we don't have single-payer health care. I, I really don't know. Like, I don't know. People are yelling at each other, and it seems like, should I, like, I don't, is this medicine that hard to make? Like, I don't really know what goes on in medicine factories. I feel like we could press enough pills for all these people. So you're saying that the issue is with central planning? <laughs> exactly. Hmm, Okay. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a super complex and hard medicine to make, and we just can't meet the demands of the U.S. consumer. You're saying that the market forces aren't sufficient to drive the uh, correct production of this on its own? Well, I would never question market forces. Oh, okay, okay. You know they always make it to the right place, but... I will agree with you that it seems like a lot of misplaced anger, and also that it seems like just a lot of people who are struggling all yelling at each other. Yeah, it made me kind of sad to hear, man. Obviously, I have my bias, but like, one, I mean, I have my bias. So like, I think the person being like, I'm okay, it kind of felt like the vax, it felt, I don't know, it had an air of like, when people who were young and healthy that I knew would use whatever they could to get the vaccine early during the pandemic. If you were in the College of Ag, you could uh, apply to get it early. And I know multiple people who did, who like, are like, literally the healthiest people I know. <laughs> um, I guess I don't know everyone's health situation. But anyways, uh, yes, and then they justified getting it before other people. Um, and so it kind of it, it has that air of that to me where it's like, well, if I don't solve my obesity now, then I'll be type two and then I'm gonna have to take it. So why not just skip to that part? You know, I, don't, I have no qualms with taking it and taking it from someone who needs it now. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, these people are coping. These people are upset. They're fat. Like, obviously, they're coping. I don't. Like, yeah, it yeah. sucks. It all sucks, man. <laughs> None of it makes me happy. None of these people are, like, wrong or bad people, but they're all coping a little bit. Uh, I will say someone who I do think isn't sympathetic here is Annie. I, I could see why multiple people from different perspectives came to be like, yeah, you kind of sucked it on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of sucked it on this one. You're kind of just like, you know, I think that's the healthiest way to do it, and that's how I do it, baby. Be proud that you're doing it that way. To be fair, if you're not actually obese on a BMI scale... I think it is objectively shitty to take, like, medicine that you don't need mm. from people who do need it. But I don't know. Maybe we need single-payer healthcare for therapy for uh, body uh, uh, dysmorphia. Dude, you're right. The fact that I don't have Pex's body dysmorphia, I should have Chris Pratt's yeah. body. Ooh. A conservative body. I can see why you'd want that. To go with my conservative mind. Oh, I thought that the mind comes with the body. I thought the brain was uh, where the conservatism lies. Oh. Maybe I'm not being metaphysical enough. Um. Okay, did you uh, want to say anything else? Or do you want to wrap that up on that one? I don't know, man. It got, it got real. Like, it felt like, 
it felt like being at a local city council meeting where everybody was yelling at each other man it made me stressed was like, yeah i do feel sad for yeah again like being biased like actually seeing their numbers or whatever i was like damn that's a that's a very dramatic improvement like that i would also be mad if i couldn't get that drug anymore wow if i couldn't okay if i'm I gonna get take your side these weight loss people are bitches i'm not saying that i'm just saying very openly weight loss in- bitches weight loss bitches <laughs> i just want that other person to be like you, okay adrian i agree with you but like we're all gonna die eventually so does it really matter whether or not we die now or later i might as well get my ozempic i don't feel bad at all <laughs> oh all right cool um well that was my article about the sequel to type 1 diabetes with sequels about the opinions of the uh, columnist are you ready for my column adrian i am indeed All right, Adrian, I brought in a new advice column that we haven't usually brought in before, and it's Ask Someone Else's Mom by Susan Ryder. This must be a big one. I'm surprised we never brought it in before. The reason I picked this one is because a lot of sequels seem to be prequels nowadays, origin stories, because sometimes, you know, you've in the original movie, you've kind of completed a character arc and that might end in a way that precludes any real sequels from happening like the character ended somewhere where they were complete in their story so people will do prequels because it's like well we haven't we haven't shown how they got to that point in their life so you know you'll get like a cruella what is it is that, that you'll get like a cruella style movie yeah to be like why does she hate dalmatians let's show well how she became such a mean lady and met her henchmen Mm. So what I appreciated about this column was that it included a little bit of the prequel to how he became the prankster and how he earned that nickname at the beginning. Is this a new superhero? Exactly. Really was quite the explanation. Dear someone else's mom, one of my friends in elementary school started calling me the prankster because of the hilarious tricks I used to pull on even our favorite teachers and girls I had a crush on. The name sort of stuck, and by high school, my friends were calling me TP for short, which you have to admit is funny, especially since pranks are what they count on me to pull at all sorts of times and places. <laughs> I started seeing someone I hooked up with a few times when we were both on our year abroad in Italy. After we got back, we lost touch, but then she moved not too far from me, and we reconnected. Compared to the other girls I've been with, She is what my dad calls a quality woman. He doesn't get what she sees in me. My dad's a funny man, too. I thought she was good with my pranking people, but she told me she doesn't think some of what I do is very funny, and some of it is outright cruel. I never think of myself or what I do for a little fun as cruel. Even when I went back in my mind over some of my pranks, they seem more like just a fun thing to do with no one getting hurt. I really like this girl, and I want this to work but I don't know if I like her enough to change who I am. I figure if she doesn't get me, we're not going to work. How do I get her to understand I never mean to be mean, and pulling pranks is a big part of who I am, and what people have come to expect from me? Signed, naturally, a prankster. Hmm. Alright. I got some thoughts off top. Hit us. You go all the way to Italy just to fuck someone who's from where you're from? Dude, that's so crazy. That stuck out to me, too. 
<laughs> Who what is a that? Little bit of strange from Italy. <laughs> Come on, what are you talking about? Get your linguini wet. Come on. Second is his dad doesn't seem like a funny man. He seems like a horny guy. He's, it's, he sounds like his seal approval is like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's a quality woman right there. Oh, you see, I didn't think that. I was more like, why does he think that he's funny for doing the most cliche joke of all time? Which is, she's too good yeah. for you when you're, you know, telling the person that you know that their partner is too good for them is like a classic, like, I approve of her, haha, or we're just classic people. It is a good way to say that you approve of the partner, though. I, I know multiple people where I've made sure not to tell them, oh, she's too good for you. <laughs> people love that joke, man. It's up there with implying, like, two really good guy friends are gay for each other. It's just like a classic joke that everybody loves to tell. No, no, no. Only funny dads. Only funny dads. Um, I don't like that he never gave an example of a prank that he would do. I concur, Adrian. You're hitting all the points I thought were interesting in this question. We've really converged. <laughs> Over time of doing this podcast. TV. Um, yeah. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to say about it? I mean, okay, so the problem is that she thinks that pranking's cruel. Yeah. Elementary school. He was doing some sick pranks on girls he had a crush on and even his favorite teachers. Also, unreliable narrator. He definitely made up the nickname himself. Dude, he also seems to think he's so rad. He's like, yeah, everybody calls me the prankster. They call me TP for short. They call me TP for short. And by everybody, I mean the one weird kid I convinced to call me that. Yeah, I did a sick prank today where I set the school on fire. You get him, TP! You're the man! I did a sick prank today where the teacher just came back and had a substitute that whole week because her dad had passed away, and I said... Huh, don't have a dad, loser? Sick prank. Sick prank alert. Sick prank. I did a sick prank today where after our favorite teacher came back from leave from having a uh, miscarriage, I dressed up as a baby for class. <laughs> Pretty sick prank. Sick prank, bro. You get him, TP, you're the man. <laughs> Just the one kid in the back. <laughs> She's bawling her eyes out. <laughs> prank I did this hilarious prank with a kid at school. He's allergic to peanuts. So I put a bunch of peanuts in his lunch. It was really funny, man. He had to go home and everything. You're the man, TP! <laughs> I don't know why. The funniest part of this is your impression of his friend who loves it. <laughs> You're the man, TP! Get him! Um... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Do you think this girlfriend's being toxic by putting boundaries around him uh, doing pranks? The, I think this is a healthy boundary. This guy sucks, and he needs to be told that pranks aren't cool. I just want one example of the pranks that he's pulling. What if they're not? <laughs> he's just like, I did this sick prank where I ate 50 hot dogs. It was sick, man. Yeah, the man, TP. <laughs> Have you ever seen that viral video of, um, it's usually captioned with, like, if our phone goes off during class, this teacher always makes us answer. Mm -hmm. And so a girl, like, sets it up for her to have a phone call during class, and she has to answer it in front of the class. Oh, and it's that, like, a uh, clinic telling her she's pregnant? I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. That's rad. That's a Classic. sick prank. <laughs> Do you think those are the kind of pranks no, that he's doing? No, TP is not that smart. TP is a moron. He's like, he's like an edifying prankster. <laughs> Every prank comes with a moral lesson. He's the Aesop <laughs> of pranks. Everybody in his life is like, you know what? 
I really learned an important lesson from TP's last prank. <laughs> I did a sick, uh, I did a sick parrot trap where I got Zelensky and Putin in the same room to work things out. You're the man, TP. <laughs> <laughs> I did the sick prank where this one guy finally had all the time in the world to read books, and I broke his glasses. <laughs> No, there was time now. <laughs> Can any episode of The Twilight Zone be described as a sick prank from God? Because I think it can be a celestial prank. <laughs> now that I yeah. think about it. Not all of them. Some of them. That's true. I don't know why, but I feel like there were multiple episodes where the, it had the same premise of a child with secret, with overly, with strong psychic powers is feared by everyone in his life. I mean, it is a crazy concept. Children are freaky, man. They're little sociopaths. If any of them had the power to hurt you, they would. Your kids are freaky. I don't like them a lot. Um. So how do we get her to understand that he never meant to be so cold? Um. Okay, okay. You're going to have to teach her that your pranks are funny through the one avenue in your life that's always held true for you. Pranking. You gotta prank her. You gotta prank her. Do you think that's what the worry is? Is that he's so into pranking that their relationship is inevitably going to be a prank? It's going to be him being like, I didn't like you at all. Isn't it funny? I spent 10 years making you fall in love with me. She's like, hey, you know what I just realized? Is there a reason why all the other jocks were around you when you first came up to talk to me? And they were all (laughs) snickering and it was right after. And it was before I had taken my glasses off and put my hair down. And then when you asked me out and I said yes, someone said, You're the man, JP! <laughs> TP! <laughs> You're the man, TP! <laughs> Why do you do that voice so much better than me? Because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of has to sound like it's coming from far away. Like the joke is that it would be a background character. <laughs> it's like a my leg type thing. <laughs> you have to kind of throw your voice. That is, yeah, no, that's good. Also, how often does the does the in a nickname get put into the acronym? Is that a thing? Shouldn't his nickname be like, yeah? Shouldn't he be like Pranky? Oh, it should be like uh, the Social Network, where Justin Timberlake tells you. Was that Justin Timberlake? No, that was uh, Jesse Eisenberg, the other guy. No, the one who plays the guy who tells them just drop the the. It's cleaner. Oh, I don't know. I've never, I've never actually watched a Facebook movie. The Social Network? Mm. Just drop the It's cleaner. Is the prankster being cruel? Uh, There are actually plenty of cruel pranks. Yeah, like there's tons of pranks that are super mean-spirited. Actually, not really reading the article a little bit, it seems like he's weirdly fine with letting this relationship go in in yeah. in lieu of not being a prankster anymore. <laughs> being a prankster is so important this personality everybody in his life is like you finally met a nice woman this is incredible she is out of your league she's gorgeous she's funny she's nice everybody else you've dated is trash and he's like she doesn't love my pranks she's out of here how is this not like a south park episode <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's gonna dump her with a prank where he gets down on one D to propose, but then he opens up the ring box and it just says, we're over. 
Ooh. Is that a prank? I thought you, this was going to be like a peanut brittle thing or like a after they uh, break up, he asks if she wants one last piece of gum. <laughs> can you do the voice again so I can cut it in? <laughs> uh, You're the man, TP! <laughs> this is my favorite character you've ever done. Guy in background. <laughs> excited about pranks. One super fan of TP. <laughs> He's Can a shorter dude. He hasn't his growth spurt yet. <laughs> <laughs> Guy far away who's excited. <laughs> I don't think he's got a lot to say. Uh, okay, advice. Yeah, leave her. I mean, being a prankster is it's too important. I, honestly, yeah, that, that seems like the best answer for this person. And for this girl. I don't think that's what the columnist is going to say, but... Um. Any prank an elementary schooler is pulling is a bad prank, right? Like, the only pranks they can pull is, like, whoopee cushions. And, like, he definitely didn't earn this reputation from actually being a good prankster. I mean, if you do it long enough, maybe he got really good at it. Also, I can't imagine... Like, imagine he was, like, on your floor, on your dorm... And you guys do that first year meetup where you all get together to like say fun facts about yourself. And he's like, I am TP. I'm the prankster. I'd be like, oh, God, can I switch to a different door? <laughs> I don't want to be around this guy. You wake up one morning and there's just fast bubble suds all through the hallway. And in the distance, that's you just hear, that's what it would be like. <laughs> he went to college with him. He specifically <laughs> picked the same college as TP. Yeah, of course. He got he actually got he got into every Ivy League, but he ended up going to the state school that <laughs> TP went to. I'm really much more interested in TP's friend <laughs> than the character. Honestly, you should date TP's friend. That should be what you do. <laughs> Let him hit this bad bitch from behind. You know what I mean? Uh, my freshman year of college, I remember there was a scandal. Ooh, where. The RA on our hall, residence assistant, had a tissue box pooped in and put in front of his door. Ooh. And then when he went to, like, go get somebody to clean it up, I don't know if it was the original pooper or who else, somebody threw it down the stairwell. The OP, the original pooper? <laughs> and that was uh, really nasty and upsetting and made me realize everybody in that hall sucked and I hated them. Yeah, it's gross. We didn't have anything like that. Yeah, but I imagine that's Those the type of boys are crazy. Pranked TP is pulling. <laughs> um. All right. Do you want to read the answer? Yeah. You don't give any examples of what you consider a benign prank, so it's not possible to get a feel for what for what mischiefs potentially caused through your attempts to be wait. Funny. Do you think? Do you think there's any chance that he grew up in a different era than we did? And so it's like the Mr. Beastification of pranks. And so like for him, giving you $100 randomly is a prank. <laughs> He's like, my pranks are totally benign, man. I, I fix the vision of blind people. It's chill, bro. <laughs> I literally just gave Jordans to people in the hood. It's, it's chill, man. <laughs> in the hood. <laughs> That's what's going to get the clicks. I just gave free Jordans out in the hood. Sorry for the uh, <laughs> interjection. No, that was good. 
that someone you admire <laughs> finds your behavior out of line is possibly a good indication that perhaps you do go too far, at least sometimes, or that you and your girlfriend have very different ideas of what constitutes humor. In my experience, such disconnects lay the groundwork for a major divide between two people. It sounds to me like your future as a couple depends on either your conforming to your girlfriend's standards of humor or her coming around to accept yours. If neither of you is willing to meet in the middle, it doesn't bode well for the longevity of your relationship. That's such boring advice. That's literally just, you guys need to agree. Yeah, just figure out your shit. No wonder we've never brought in ask someone else's mom slash Susan Ryder before she sucks. Yeah, there's a reason why I just asked my mom about stuff like this, not someone else's mom. Well, okay, but what if TP had murdered your mom as part of a sick prank? Then who would you ask, Adrian? Where he, as a sick prank, he pretends to murder my mom and is like, do you forgive me? I'm like, you know what? I can find it in my heart. And he's like, here's a hundred dollars. <laughs> You're a good person. <laughs> but then- it's a dumb said JP again. <laughs> Why do I keep thinking Jordan Peterson or Jonathan Pruitt is this guy? <laughs> John Pruitt. <laughs> Reference everybody's gonna get. Yeah. Shout out to Spider Bro. Cousin to Spider Man. John Bro. <laughs> the real across the Spider Verse. You know what? We haven't had enough podcasts discuss Sean Pruitt. I like how you act like you're on nickname basis with him. <laughs> Do you think Jonathan Pruitt was TP if faking his data was a sick prank? Yeah, I think so. I'd <laughs> argue. Alright, you want to get into the third column? Third segment? Let's do it. Uh, third segment? God damn it, I just turned into Phil for a second. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Alright, so shamelessly stealing from another uh, media outlet, uh, Paul and I are going to do a game where uh, we're going to take a movie that we have both watched and we're going to look at its sequel or sequels, uh, whether or not we've watched them. And we're going to guess what their score is uh, for critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, whoever is numerically closer, absolute value, will get the point. If we are equally close, um, then we are going to use the audience score as a tiebreaker. Clear enough? All right. Okay, I know Puss in Boots The Last Wish is a sequel. I think we it's it was so well praised, I feel like we both kind of know the ballpark of what its score is. Do you want to skip that one? Yeah, I'm, I okay. would guess 90. Do we want to do the thing where we know it's probably 90 and above? We can guess in that range. Okay, I'm going to do 93. Ooh, that gives me not a lot of room to work with. I'm going to go 94, so if it's 90. anything above that, I win. Uh, anything below that, you win. All right. Uh, it was called Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah. Be ready to give you a point for that one. 95%. I should have said 95. All right. You watched a Mayor Pete documentary? Yeah, it was very bad. Borat subsequent movie film. Ooh. So I think we've watched both of these. Um, This was one of those like came out kind of in the middle of quarantine movies, right? Yeah. I don't remember what the general perception of it was, to be honest. Um, it's definitely raunchy, so I feel like that's going to take some points away. But also, Borat kind of has like a cult. You, you guessed first last it. time, so I'll guess first this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the kinda thing. I remember the audience. I remember this actually getting a lot of critical praise, even though I didn't think it was as good as the first Borat. But I do remember people really liking it. Mm. I'm going to give it an 85%. I'm going to go 78. 
Oh, you're going lower. You think it got at least lower than that? Okay. It's been a little bit time since it came out. That's usually when the negative reviews start coming in. When people are brave enough. Yeah. They're brave enough to speak their truth. 85 exactly. Damn. Alright, well we see who the movie buff out of us is, alright. Oh, audience score of 62. Interesting. That one was more of a critic fave than a... The favorite. Perfect five. Yorgos Lansimos, I know it's probably pretentious to say he really is as good as, like, like, it really, the pretentious, like, he's that good. Everything he does blows me away. This is why I like the 10-point scale. I would have given it a 9. Um, Avengers Infinity War. Ooh, that one is tough. That was a little bit it's... after people got over the Marvel thing, but not that long after. I feel like that was peak. I feel like that's what everyone was waiting for. Oh, I'm thinking of Endgame. Infinity War was the first one. Check. Oh, you're right. No, I was thinking Endgame was the peak. Infinity War is this, what, the second one? or That was the prequel to Endgame, but not the first Avengers. The second one was the one that was panned. That was the uh, Joss Whedon one. Age of Ultron? Was, yeah. That like got Joss Whedon out oh, of doing God. Avengers. There are fucking four of these things? That's too many. Um, okay, so the third one. Oh, so this is when they get snapped at the end, and like that's the big uh, yeah climax. It was a big cultural moment. Oh, people die, um, so even critics might have been tricked into thinking that's good because people died in an Avengers movie. Permanently, in a way that can never be fixed. <laughs> Certainly um, not in the next movie. <laughs> Fucking children-ass <laughs> morons. <laughs> I don't actually know how well Marvel movies do on on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm gonna say, se- I'm gonna go seventy eight again. I, mean, I can oh, see that's so close question. to what I would have guessed seventy eight. All right, I'm gonna try to go for the. It's gonna be. Are over you gonna price is right? Seventy nine percent. You, <laughs> oh, you little bitch. If I get skunked in this game, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go cry afterwards. I know movies, man. I know people. I'm man of the people. 85%. Damn. Alright. It was a big cultural moment. People did like it. People did like an audience score of 92%. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so it seems like you did not like the original Quiet Place. Uh, I'm assuming you haven't watched the sequel? No. The fact that John Krasinski isn't in it didn't make you go like, oh, maybe it'll be bearable this time. <laughs> I think he's still directed or is it conceptually a part of it. Boo. Uh, okay, I haven't watched it either, but do you want to take a crack on what the score might be? I think it's kind of, is it? That's tough. Recent, I don't even know what the cultural year? conversation around it was. It got so little buzz. I will go with an exactly thought, 68%. I know it came out when, um, really close to when Bird Box came out and people were criticizing it because I think it was the second one of those two. I'm going to give it a... Um, Honestly, over-under should be what the second person guesses, because you're just dumb if you go over but don't say the number exactly over or under, and don't say the number exactly under. I think this is why we need to start saying it at the same time. Nah, just say over-under, I think, is the way to do it. Alright, and what did you say? Uh, 68%. Under. Ooh, okay. Did you hear any of the cultural conversation around this that you would think it's under? Around the second one? Yeah, because I didn't. I'm going by the fact that it's a horror movie. Oh, that is true. You you do know. 91%. Really? For the yep. second one? Audience score of 92%. Should I watch this movie? Oh, I don't know, apparently. Probably still not good, to be honest. 
To be fair, there is. I have noticed this with TV shows too, where second seasons and sequels will only be watched by fans, and so fans are naturally Mm. gonna give something a higher score. I assume the only people who watched a Quiet Place Part Two were dumb enough to think the first one was good. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have they have doo doo brains. They're gonna think the sequel's good too. All right. I don't want to do another Marvel one, to be honest. I'm not trying to uh, put things in my favor. Um, I'm going to ask a question. There is more than one Boss Baby, right? There, There is a sequel? Yes, but I have not seen it. I think so, right? There's at least you a show. There's at least a Netflix interactive movie. I mean, we did that together, so I know <laughs> that that's true. I'm pretty sure there's a second boss baby. Do you want to try and guess that one? Do you want me to guess that one? <laughs> that one is so vague. I really like it's going to be random. But yeah. I'm going to say critic consensus. After switching out Alec Baldwin, this movie loses a lot of charm that it had in the first movie. 54. I'm going to go over because the only people who are going to rate it are people who are rating children's movies. So it's going to be like family blogs. Mm. So... By that, I'm going to say maybe it got over that, but really I'm taking a shot in the dark here. All right, all right. Also, out of curiosity, I'm going to search the first one, too, and tell you that score first. Okay. Okay, So there's Boss Baby and then Boss Baby back in business. Boss Baby already had a 53% shit. I might be on it, though. (sighs) Boss Baby back in business did not get enough reviews to have an average tomato meter. It had an audience score of 71%, so I win by default. (laughs) No, we'd still have to guess the audience score. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, I guess you see it, so it doesn't really matter, yeah. Uh, okay. I guess it's then just whoever's closer. That makes sense. All right. Another point for Paul. Um, Boss Baby back in business. Uh, okay, so another kind of in the reboot, prequel, sequel. Maybe the last superhero thing we'll do, but uh, X-Men, Days of Future Past. <sighs> That one is tough, because I liked it, but I don't remember if I liked it despite it being corny. What did I rate it on Letterboxd? Gave it a three. I'm gonna give it a straight... I'm gonna give it a straight 70... 79%. 79? That's... hard. Uh... I think people really liked it. My sister really liked it. I feel like she's a very common person. She's an everywoman. I'm gonna say uh, over. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be bold. Ninety percent. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Adrian's on the board. I have a real. The reason this. I thought it was gonna be low was because I have a real soft spot for the X Men movies. Like even the ones people pan, I'm like, yeah, but the X Men are rad. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I always thought you also didn't really like them that much. No, I think they're so much better than the like other superhero movies. Oh. Paul did watch Twilight Breaking Dawn. Um, and I think I've at least watched or taken in enough of the zeitgeist of uh, the Twilight movies to give a, a score on this one. And that's a singular movie, or is that a part one or a part two? It's part one of the final novel. Hmm. I'm going to go 30. 30%. 35%. Well, that, I think that made it easier for me. I think you were pretty much spot on the first time, so I'm going to go under. Okay. Let's see what you gotta say about that. Mr. Rotten Tomatoes. Wait. Uh, part two was 49%. My bad. Part one, 25%. Oh, fuck. 
I thought that's I so thought it'd crazy. Be low. Who's, who, it's got the who's whole, like part one is it good and part two is like who, there's a differentiation these movies are equally all just like the same problem i think it's that phil thing where he's like i don't like that it's a story that's like really big but not concluding in the time that i'm watching this i feel like ah damn it so i know i sang the praises of across the spider first i will say really had the vibe of like it really had the vibe of, like, as the movie was going on, I was like, how do they... Like, this movie's been going on, like, it feels like an hour and a half now. Mm. And it feels like they're not getting to the third act of the story at all. I was like, how do they wrap this up? And then it ended with a to-be-continued. I was like, that makes sense. That was the only way was how the story was going to continue But it. did you get the audience... <laughs> I, I did feel a little frustrated with that. I was like, yeah, it, it is hard to do a two-part story without making the first part significantly weaker. It, it, it does, like, it's just, like, setup is never going to be as good as... Was that a strategic thing that they didn't label it as, like, a part one to the end or a yeah. part two of a trilogy? I wonder if that was it, because I did feel like as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, the, the pacing is weird here, like, because it's like the story's been going on for so long and it still feels like we're setting stuff up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we just ran into with this Breaking Dawn Part 1 thing. It's just like, yeah. That's exactly what I expected, and I should have gone lower. I should have known. Because people hate media that women love. It's the <laughs> truth. The, have I mentioned okay. on pods that in middle school I did read all the Twilight books? Yeah. Because you thought Kayla Grady was cute? No, I was a real reading fiend back then. I used to read everything that was popular. If it was in the front of of books a million i would buy it Ooh, they're putting jp books on there now you could have uh gotten one of those yeah well okay i skipped the bill o'reilly books and the rush limbaugh books that were there back then okay but the glenn beck book because he's more of a moderate <laughs> well no i just wanted to see him cry in text form um okay we can maybe go until paul gets a truly insurmountable lead but let's see if i can get one back vhs but you actually liked the first one quite a bit. I did. Or at least moderately, yeah. I remember a couple of those stories being really good. And that's the problem with VHS. It's multiple stories, so it's hard to... It's a little hit or miss. Kind of got that sketch show thing God going damn on. It. It's a horror. I don't actually know I'm gonna if there's take... a consensus on if the first one's better than the second I'm one. I'm going to take an Adrian playbook move and say it's got to be lower than I expect because it's a horror movie and it's not elevated horror. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, you guessed 35 on the last one and got screwed. So I'm going to go lower than that. And say 27%. There is this opposite conundrum where maybe reviews are mostly positive because, hey, there's something here for everybody who's a fan of horror. Generally positive review. I'm going to say higher. Like I, I put VHS into RottenTomatoes.com, and it's like, it's, it's VHS 2? You might have put? to do the slash, because it's uh, V slash H slash S. You're right. Okay, loading. Mm-hmm. 70%. Oh, hell yeah, brother. Yeah. People liked it. Okay. Uh, out of okay. curiosity, give me a second. Let's see what the first one was. The first one was 56%. People liked the sequel more. Okay. With an audience score oh, yeah. of 41%. I haven't watched the second one, and I actually quit the first one, like, a few things, segments in. Oh, really? I enjoyed both of them a good it bit. It did not captivate me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I don't want to trigger you, Paul, but what about the uh, little, uh, little thing uh, featuring your favorite people? 21 Jump Street. 
Another toffee. Okay, you go first. Legitimately good movies. Can I say that? I, I agree. Yeah. Good good art can be made by terrible people. Well, those are the those are the types of movies where it's the same as the Seth Rogen movies, where I know people hate them, but they're in that like type of comedy where even though I know they get low scores, I personally have an affection for them. Okay, I'm gonna call your bluff. I'm saying eighty percent. For the second one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go lower. Alright, I think that's a foolish thing to do. I think they're a very beloved set of movies. Written by Jonah Hill, too. Very, uh, crafty mind. 22 Jump Street got 84%. There you go, Adrian. I'm back, baby. I don't know if you're back. It's 3 to 6. I've halved the deficit. (laughs) Uh... Is there a sequel to 50-50? Is that called, like, half and half? <laughs> this time he has double cancer. <laughs> he got double cancer, sir. So you have cancer and AIDS and malaria. Can we do the newest Despicable Me? I, Which I, I feel I like I remember seeing it. ads for. Oh, what? You don't know Despicable Me? Not the second one. I know the original. Yeah, the whole premise is we just have to know the original piece, and then we're going to guess how the sequels did. Oh. oh, That's how we've been doing it the entire time. I thought I... Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I really... Wait, so if Paul's winning, I think it's because he's seen all these sequels. I've done plenty of these where I just know the base material. <laughs> Somebody sounds worried that they're going to come off like a loser. Nope. Nope, I'm coming off as a winner, baby. We're going to play until I get the lead, so <laughs> we didn't say how many we were going to do. You are going to have to look up the most recent one, because I don't know what that is, but there's at least three? I really? I, I, one, I don't know, man. Two. You know what? There's Fuck indeed. you, 50%, over under. Illumination Studios movies I know are famously not well-received, but it's a beloved franchise, and the first one's really good. I think you, you gave it a two and a half. I think that's a little bit... You can give it a three, probably. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a, uh, I'm gonna give a, a higher. Okay, number three with Steve Carell, Kristen Wiig, and Trey Parker. Of course, fifty nine percent. Good guess. <laughs> I figured they'd do all right. Um, didn't did Kick Ass have a sequel? I think if it did, it was like one of those directed DVD sequels, and I definitely would say really low, but. Alright, do you want to do Kick-Ass 2? Check if I had a sequel first. Yeah, it did. 2013, Kick-Ass 2. 2013? I didn't realize the first one was that old. Um, Paul, any thoughts on the original movie? I remember watching the movie and not loving it. Um, yeah. But I watched it when it first came out. I was just a dumb little kid. I know people really like the comics. I mean, it really lived and died on the idea of, like, is it funny that a young girl's also a badass? Which was like a real 2000s concept of like, what if a little girl did crazy violence shit? Only in the movies. I have to go first on this one. I really have no idea. I didn't know this movie existed. So I Wait, don't... I thought you did first on the last one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Kick-Ass 2. Nobody's ever heard of it. I've never heard somebody even call it a sleeper hit. But I think your reasoning of like the only people who are going to rate it are people who are fans of the comic who wanted to see that comic arc narrated and who are generally going to like the movie. 
Um, but I'm not super confident in that. So I'm going to give you a 40% over under. Oh, that's tough, man. <laughs> that's almost exactly where I think it would be. Mm-hmm. Those are my arguments. That's my reasoning. Under. I gotta go under. I would have heard of it if anybody liked it, right? I don't know. Cult classic. 32%. I bet. Oh, damn it. Okay. I am 99% sure 300 had a sequel that was directed DVD or. No way. Really? 301 Spartans? (laughs) There's no way that's true. I think so. Look it up. Uh, up. uh, I don't think so, man. I just. Oh, okay. Are you thinking of that movie Soccer Punch? No, is it because they're directed by the same person? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's 300 <laughs> like, Rise of an Empire. Yeah, hey, you're right. okay. Who's got egg on their face now? Okay, I'm going to go. You're the one who has to guess on this one. 15%. 15. That's a, that's a generous move. It's only really bad movies that get down that low. There's always going to be enough kind of. So I'm going to say over. Yeah, 45%. Yeah, okay, see, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, down to the wire. Um, I'm shocked that movie has a sequel. Who greenlit that? Was that a prequel or is it a sequel? Uh, what's the like plot summary? Oh, here's one that I think will be difficult for both of us. Lion King one and a half. It's something that's beloved by Paul and Adrian, but do critics feel the same way? Um, Lion King one and a half. Okay, ooh... I think there's going to be a lot of people saying cash grab. Cash grab. Yeah. Cash grab. Straight to DVD. Again, there's the selection bias of who's even reviewing that movie. I don't know if uh, Roger Ebert gave a thumbs up to that one. Um, 22%. Oh, over. For sure. I think people generally have bet. Like, people will watch it really? and come up with something. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Over. I, honestly, to the point where I think it's definitely over, like, 60%. Okay. Deception. Disgrace. 76%. Okay, when you're right, you're right. I thought the people, I thought the critics wouldn't like it. I was wrong. Paul wins the game. Uh, five, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, eight. Five to eight. Oh, did I miscount earlier? Did I, was I not even within two? God damn it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Paul wins eight to five. Uh, definitely a good showing from Paul. It really kicked my ass. Um, but I feel like I showed some fight in the second half. You did. For sure, brother. Uh, do you have a big fact for us today, Paul? My big fact is the thing about sequels is that they come after the first thing. And that's just true. Okay. And my no cap is um, prequels come before the timeline of the of the movie but um in, in our reality comes after so it's kind of a prequel and a sequel if you think about it um, i'm confused i don't have time to explain this to you paul educate yourself but you know what my favorite thing is to ask poc to educate me on issues that don't even specifically relate to poc <laughs> 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 yeah i'm like how is a square rectangle but a rectangle isn't a square come on <laughs> Help Paul, me I ain't out. got time to teach this to you. <laughs> nah, come on, man. It's your job as a POC to explain it to me. 